And it is my joy that I get to serve the Lord by serving you through the Word of God. And so we're excited about all that Jesus is doing. So if this is your first time here with us, we say welcome. If you're watching with us online, we're so glad that you joined us and we're happy that you're here. We know that our world is being gripped right now by this virus that has spread so rapidly throughout our country and our world. But we know today that we serve a God who is able. And so we don't live as people who have no hope. But we live as those who do have hope and know that we serve a Savior who's able to deliver and to heal people of this virus. And so we're praying for you. We're praying for those who are struggling today. We're praying for those who might be gripped by fear today. And it's realistic to have fear when there's something going around that you can't control. But we're called to walk in faith, take precautions, wash your hands. Amen, somebody. Wash your hands and practice some social distancing. Give some uh, elbow bumps and some air high fives and Wakanda forever. (laughs) That's what we're doing out here. So we don't take it lightly either that there are people in our community who are more vulnerable than others. And so we ask that you pray with us as we're considering how As a church, we can serve those who are the most vulnerable amongst us, the elderly and those who struggle with pre-existing conditions and those who are immunosuppressed. And so we're thinking of ways to serve them. And so we ask that you would pray with us in that effort. And we look forward to how we can show off the glory of Christ. Amen. We want to show off his glory today. And so we know that we get to do that by serving others. And so... You're never more like Jesus than when you're serving others. And so we want to pray today. We just want to also keep you just aware that there are some events that are coming up in the life of our church that we're watching, we're we're praying, we're considering, we're watching all of the, the information that's coming out. We're listening to all the guidance from medical professionals and watching what the government is saying about gatherings like this. And so uh, we have a baptism schedule coming up. We ask that you would keep an eye out uh, for our announcements about that. And uh, we had a night of worship that's coming up. We ask that you would, again, watch for the announcements that are coming forward with that so that you can be aware about all that's taking place here in the Life of our Church. Is that okay? Is that all right? Y'all ready for the word? Amen. Amen. So we, we're in a series called Prove It. You guys been enjoying that series? We're, we're in this series in the book of First John. We've been walking through uh, the book of First John just succinctly, and we've been uh, going through this and looking at what the scripture has to say to us as it relates to and the word of God. So today we're going to continue in that. We're going to be in First John chapter 4 today. First John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, and I will read for your hearing today from these words, and I'll be reading from the Christian Standard Bible if you're following along with us and online or, or reading here in the passage today. So hear these words of our Father. It says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see 
if they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And this is how we know the spirit of God. John says that every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming. Even now, it is already in the world. Verse 4, he, he says, you are from God, little children, and you have conquered. Somebody say conquered. You have conquered the world. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world, and therefore what they say is from the world, and the world listens to them. But we are from God, and anyone who knows God listens to us. And anyone who is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. Father, we thank you. God, we praise you today, Lord, because you are worthy. God, I pray, Lord, that your word would go forth today. God, we need a word from you today. God, we need to hear from you today, Father, in the midst of this crisis, God, in the midst of this pandemic, God. But more than that, God, we need you. And so, Father, I pray, God, that as your word goes forth, God, that that you would speak clearly to your people today. And, Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, my Lord, my strength, and my Redeemer. And who I place all of my trust. And everybody said, Amen. I want to tag this text today as a proven spirit. A proven spirit. A great poet and songwriter was presented with an opportunity to prove himself. After he had committed a gruesome act of defiance against the king. He was given this opportunity after being confronted about his failure. Sometimes you need to be confronted about your stuff. And he was given this opportunity to prove his loyalty and allegiance to the king. Now, the the measure of his loyalty lied in his repentance. I'll say it again. It says that the, 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 the measure for his loyalty lied in his repentance. After acknowledging his sin and turning from his evil ways, this poet penned these majestic words in Psalm 51.10. He said, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. And so I want to present this idea to you today that if you're going to prove it, then you must have the right spirit. If you're going to prove it today, then then you must have the right spirit. Here's my first idea is this. If we're going to prove it, then we have to have a correct spirit. John, he writes today and he says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from God. 
This word here for believe, it means to commit yourself to or to put your trust in or to place your confidence in. And, and I, I want to tell you this today is that we have to watch what we put our trust in. We, we have to be careful about the things that we place our confidence in. See, everything is fighting for our trust. Success is fighting for your trust today. We say, if the works of my hands uh, would just pop off, then I'd be all right. Not all right, all right. Stardom and fame are fighting for your trust today. We say that if I can just get that blue check on Instagram, then I'd be all right. Some of y'all trying to get verified right now on Instagram. Security is fighting for our trust. We say, if, if I can just secure the bag, then, then everything is going to be good. If I can just secure the bag, then everything will be aight. But, but we must guard our spirit against the things that we place our confidence in. That's why John is telling us not to believe every spirit. There are so many spirits that are fighting for your commitment today. There's so many spirits fighting for your commitment. It's ridiculous. But but here's the why. Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 2 tells us, it says that in which you have previously lived according to the ways of the world. Uh, other translations say, it says that you went along with the crowd. See, many of us are trying to go along with the crowd today. And, and it says that we live like all the others, full of sin, obeying who? Satan who is the mighty prince of the power and the spirit of the air, who is at work right now in the hearts of those who are against the Lord. That's why John is telling us we cannot believe every single spirit. See, this word for spirit here is, is the word pneuma. It's, it's the word that, that, that means that in essence, or it's the word where we get the word breath from, the idea of breath from. Uh, but this word here, in this instance, it refers to an influence that fills and governs your soul. So, so John is urging us not to believe every influence in our lives. I got so much to say about this, but I don't have enough time. But I want to ask you this question today. What is influencing your soul? Is it hysteria? Is it fear? Is it doubt? What is governing your soul today? Is it your desire for control? Is it your desire to be liked and to draw a crowd? We have to consider and measure what it is that is influencing and governing our souls. But I'll tell you this, Corona is teaching us one thing. It's teaching us about what we believe about the coronation of Christ in our coronaries. See, it's teaching us about what we believe about Christ in our hearts. Does he reign in your soul when the whole world is out of control. Does he reign in your heart when fear tries to grip your whole body? Does he reign in your spirit when you can't control the outcome? See, that's why John says, don't believe every spirit, 
But what? Test the spirits to see if they are from God. This word here for test is, is a word that means to examine or to, to scrutinize something. So, so we, we have to examine the things that influence us. If the things that we place our confidence in, watch this, if they cannot withstand in the midst of the fiery trials of life, then they are not genuine. See, this, this word for testing is an imperative, which that means it's not a suggestion. John is telling us, he's giving us a command here. But it's an imperative that has the sense of testing as one would test metal. The only way to test the genuine nature of metal is to place it in the fire. See, metals are placed in the fire to find out what is in side of them. See, when we place metal in the fire, we put it in there to, to test it and see. And if you don't believe me, ask the three Hebrew boys in the book of Daniel. It said that when they were placed in the fiery furnace, what was on the inside of them came out and started walking around the furnace with them. See, when you get tossed into the furnace of life, does Jesus come out or does fear come out and walk around with you? When you get tossed in the furnace of life, does your faith come out or does fear come out of you? But here's the good news. When we place metal into the fire, all of the impurities in it get burned up. And you might be in the midst of one of your fireish trials in life right now. But I just want you to know that God is burning up the impurities that are on the inside of you. See, we reject suffering in our lives. We reject the fiery trials of life because we don't want to be uncomfortable. But Jesus is letting us know that if you would just endure through the fire, I'm going to melt away the impurities that are on the inside of you. And it will produce something in you that you will not be able to imagine. And I believe that that's exactly what is happening in the midst of this global crisis. God is burning up the impurities in his church in order to produce something that is praiseworthy, glorious, and honorable. Just like First Peter 1 and 7, he says, he says, these have come, speaking of circumstances and trials, these have come to prove the genuineness of your faith, he says, which is of greater worth than gold. Can I let you know that if you've got faith, it's better than having gold. If you've got faith, it's better than having money. If you've got faith, it's better than having possessions. And he's saying here that your faith is worth more than gold because gold perishes even though it's been refined in the fire. Why? So that it may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus is revealed in you. See, when you go through the fire, is Jesus revealed in you? When you go through difficulty, is Jesus revealed in you? See, most of the times when we go through stuff, Jesus isn't what's revealed in us. You know it. Stub your toe on the side of the bed. What's going to come out? <laughs> it may not be Jesus. <laughs> but I-, I want you to see this. I want you to see this. We have to scrutinize the things that guide our decisions. We have to examine our influences. And we have to test 
the spirit. See, John, here he's using this word. Again, this word pneuma, this word has the sense of the power of knowing, desiring, deciding, and acting. In other words, it's the air that you breathe. John is, is suggesting to us is that as we go throughout life, there are influences that, that cause us to fill up our lungs as we're running the race of life. What is it that you, that you take in? What are the things that you breathe in? What are the things that guide you? And so these spirits refer to the power of knowing and, and desiring. But here's what I need you to know. Is, is I need you to know that what you know influences what you desire. And what you desire influences what you decide. And what you decide influences how you act. And so we need to know today that there are times in our lives when we're trying to assess our behavior, but God is saying you need to go back and assess your knowledge. You need to go back and assess what it is that you believe. So when you go flipping out on your family members, is it because you just got a problem with flipping out? No, it's because you have a problem with what you believe about your life. You think that you should be in control of every single thing that happens in your life. And when people step out of line with what you desire for them, then you get all frustrated and upset and start snapping on people. We have to test spirits. John goes on to say, he says, because there are many false prophets who have gone out into the world. This word for false prophets is simple. It's referring to people who pretend to be foretellers. It's referring to those who utter falsehoods in the name of the divine. And so I want to tell you today that there are plenty of spirits out here that are pretending to know your future. And see, the reason why we follow after those certain influences that we, is because we have believed what they have prophesied to us. See, we, we believe the false prophet of prominence that says, if we just work hard, we'll be secure. Even if it means that you ignore the things of God in order to do it. We believe the false prophets of wealth that say that if we just chase the bag, we'll have everything that we want. Even if that means that you compromise your relationships in order to do it. We believe the false prophet of acceptance, which tells us that if you just get around the right people, you'll have access to everything you want. Even if that means that we engage with people who will cause us to compromise our convictions. John says, don't believe the false prophets. He says, many of them have gone out into the world. And this word that John uses here for gone out is is a word that has the sense of a sudden flash of lightning. It's a word that has the idea of something that is quickly vanishing away. And so I want to let you know is that the things and the influences that you place your hope in, those things are going to quickly vanish away. We see that right now in our culture. We see that happening is that there's so many things that are here today and they're gone tomorrow. There's so many things that have happened that were supposed to clear us all out of here. But guess what? There's, those things didn't occur because God is in control and not those other things. And so we have to understand here is that those false prophets that we place our trust in, those things will vanish away quickly like a flash of lightning. 
And this word here is used of a hope that has disappeared. The false prophets that you pursue will ultimately lead you to a false hope. So, John asks, how can we know the Spirit of God? I'm glad you asked. He tells us right here in verse 2. He says, this is how you know the Spirit of God. Watch this. It says, every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. And the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and already is, is in them. So I want to submit this idea to you. This is my next idea is this, is that if you're going to prove it, you have to have a confessing spirit. If you're going to prove it, you've got to have a confessing spirit. The, the word here for confess is a word that means to say the same thing as. It's, it's a word that, that means to, to declare openly. So if we are going to confess, then we have to profess. This word suggests that we say the same thing about Jesus that the Spirit of God says about him. I'm going to help you out. Jesus Christ, the Messiah of God, that's what the word Christ means has come, that, that's in the perfect tense there, I'll, and I'll explain that to you in a little bit, but it says that he has come in the flesh. That's referring to the incarnation of God. And so uh, l- let me simplify it for you first before I get into the intricacies of the verb tenses in the Greek and all that. Here's what John is simply saying to us. He's simply saying this, Jesus is real. He's simply letting you know that Jesus is real. And oftentimes we live as if Jesus was some made up character in some fictional storybook. That's how we live our lives. We don't live as if he is the Christ, i.e. the Messiah of God, the promised Savior and the promised ruler who was to come. We don't live as if he is the one who was to come. In the perfect tense, that word is used there. It's referring to an action that was completed in the past. Watch this once and for all and does not need to be repeated again. Jesus has come in the flesh. This word referring to the incarnation of Jesus. In other words, it's referring to the physical embodiment of God. See, Jesus is the physical embodiment of God in our lives, and we live like he's just some secondary add-on to our lives. We live as if he is just something that we can just pick up whenever we decide to and throw him on whenever we get ready. John is telling us that we have the Spirit of God on the inside of us when we openly declare that Jesus is our ruler and the physical embodiment of God in our lives. Let me translate that for you in Wilmington speak. Here's what he says. He says, we don't treat him like he's some John that we get to practically ignore and then expect him to be at our beck and call when we want him. It don't work like that. See, John declares that that's the spirit of the Antichrist. The Antichrist is, 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 watch this, the Antichrist is is any opponent to the Messiah. That's what the Antichrist is. Antichrist is any adversary of, of, of the Christ. So here's what I need you to know. We oppose the Messiah, Jesus Christ, 
when we don't properly recognize his reign and rule in our lives. We, we, we carry an adversarial spirit towards Jesus when we don't take proper precautions with his name. If you see so you out here taking precautions with co- the coronavirus, you better take some precautions with his name. See, because if you think the coronavirus is bad, you don't want to be on the opposing side of Jesus because he's coming back one day with a sword in one hand and a tattoo on his leg. And he's going to speak and all of his enemies are going to be vanquished. You don't want to be on the wrong side of that. And guess what? He hasn't lost a fight yet. (laughs) Even when the devil thought he had him, he said, gotcha, I'm back. (laughs) So you need to know that Jesus has the victory. And because he has the victory, he's declared himself to be our king. And so guess what? We need to live in such a way that we recognize him as our king. That's how we prove it. To, To be very clear. John is directly addressing the heretics who tried to suggest that Jesus wasn't fully God and fully man. They were suggesting that Jesus was simply a man indwelled by a spirit or that he was a phantom spirit that only appeared to be human. But John said that the spirit of the Antichrist is coming, he said it was coming in our day, but it was also present in his day. And so the same things that John was experiencing, guess what? We are going to experience in our age. All the forces in our life that attempt to block and distort our proper view of Jesus in our life, guess what? Those things have to be defeated. If there's something in your life that's distorting your view of Jesus, guess what? You've got to beat it back and you've got to fight against it. And the only way that you can do that is to stand on the word of God and do what the word of God commands you to do. See, that's the difference between us and the world right now. See, the, the, the world is having a conniption about a virus that's spreading, and fear is, is, a, is an appropriate response to all this. But what, what, what really happens for the believer is this, is that we think differently about how to respond in the midst of a crisis. See, we don't respond in the midst of a crisis by self-protecting and preserving ourselves. I'm not talking about you taking precautions, but I'm talking about you self-protecting yourself and hoarding things for yourself. Instead of living in such a way that you say, hey, if I'm going to buy a bunch of toilet paper, it's going to be so that I can serve some other people who may be without toilet paper. I seen a dude who who made $100,000 reselling Lysol wipes to people. That's a special place for him. (laughs) And that's repentance. Amen. See, listen. And, and, and that's how we have to know, right? We have to know that if we're going to prove it, then we have to have a conquering spirit. See, we need a different type of spirit. We can't live as folks who are defeated because, guess what? We've already got the victory. We've already got the victory in Jesus. The victory has been won for us already. We didn't have to throw one punch in the fight. He threw all the punches in the fight by himself, and he won. 
And so I want to submit this. This is my last idea here is, is this, is that if you're going to prove it, then you're going to have to have a conquering spirit. Verse four, he says, you are from God, little children, and you have conquered them because the one who is in you, watch this, is greater than the one who is in the world. See, John is encouraging us that no matter the influence, no matter the spirit, no matter the governance, we are able to conquer it. See, this word for conquer is a word that means to overcome. It's a word that means to prevail or to get the victory. It's from uh, the root word uh, uh, Nike, which is the word Nike, like it's, it's victory, just do it and all that stuff. But this word that's used here, he's, he's referring to, to us overcoming the world. See, we don't live like the world lives because we've conquered the world. We've overcome the world. We've got victory over the world. We've got victory over false prophets and spirits. And so John is encouraging us that no matter what the influence, we're able to overcome it. And so you may be stricken by fear right now, but I need you to know you're able to overcome it. You might be afflicted by a spirit of doubt today, but I need you to know that you can prevail against it. You may be encumbered by a spirit of frustration, but you have the victory over it. See, coronavirus might have caught you up in the hysteria of the day, but you got to know that you're a conqueror. See, coronavirus may have caused you to lean into your self-righteousness, but you got to know that you're more than a conqueror there too. The, the temptation to neglect the things of God and to pursue your own things might weigh heavy on you, but I need you to know today that you are more than a conqueror. Why? Because the scripture says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That word for greater, it, it has the idea of, of, of mass or extent or, or, or rank or degree. And so when it says that he's greater, it says that he is weightier than the influence of, of the world. When it says that he's greater, it's saying that he is more extensive than the influences of your desires. When it says that greater, it's saying that he outranks the influence of the culture in your life. When it says that he's greater, it's saying that he's more splendid than the influences of the world. I wish I had some believers in the room today that knew he was greater. I wish I had some people watching online who knew that he was greater. And he's greater than your circumstance, greater than your difficulty. He's greater than your pain. He's greater than your pride. He's greater than your sickness. He's greater than COVID-19, 20, 21, 99. He's greater. And he's in you. Who can stop you? If he's in you, then prove it. If he's greater than the world, then prove it. If he's greater than the coronavirus today, somebody shall prove it. And I need you to know today that God is greater. He's greater than anything that holds you bound. He's greater than anything that seeks to stop you. 
something greater. Maybe you're here today and you're wondering, man, my, my life just seems to be in chaos. I, I, I keep turning and tossing at night. I, I don't know which way to turn. Let me point you today to the one who is greater than any of your circumstances. He's greater than any of your doubt. He's greater than any of your fear. All you have to do is place your trust in him. Know that one day, 2,000 years ago, God sent his son into the world to come and die for our sins. And when he came, the scripture says that he accomplished what he set out to do. He said, to tell us that it is finished, meaning there's nothing else to do. All you have to do is place your trust in him today. Is there one here today who's saying, I'm tired of the way that my life is going. I need something greater today. If that's you in the room, we just ask that you lift up your hand today. If you're watching online, we pray right now that, that you would lift up your hands too. And we'll pray for you. I see that hand. Father, we thank you today, God. We lift you up, Father. God, we praise your great name. So God... I pray right now, God, by your spirit, God, that we would walk in faith, God. God, I pray that we would trust in you, God, and not trust in the world. God, we know that you died for us because we couldn't satisfy the penalty that we owed. God, you died for us because we could not pay the debt. And so, God, we thank you that you paid the debt for us by dying. But not only that, the scripture tells us that after three days, you got up with all power in your hands. So, God, we thank you for your power, Jesus. God, I pray that we would walk with you. Help us to walk in your power today. Help us not to lean on our own understanding, but to trust in you. Amidst the crisis and amidst the turmoil, Father, may we place our trust in you, Jesus. Be glorified. Be lifted up, Jesus. We exalt you today, Father. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. 